The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet's is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'll welcome you also today to Sarwain, the cross-quarter day celebrated in the ancient Gaelic world around October 31st, November the 1st, heralding in the beginning of winter when all the farm animals were brought inside for the winter and a time of bonfires and celebration. And also a time when the veil is at its thinnest, when we can connect with our ancestors and the world beyond this one. And so it's absolutely perfect today for my guest, Hazel Courtney, to be talking to us about her experience where the veil became extremely thin. So welcome to the show, Hazel. Thank you very much, Peter. It's lovely to be talking to you on Halloween. (laughs) <laughs> quite an appropriate day for us it today. It certainly is, isn't it? So, uh, Hazel, you, you uh, were actually quite a, a well-known uh, journalist in the UK and actually were voted the Health Journalist of the Year in uh, 1997. And then you had a pretty remarkable experience uh, around Easter time the following year in 1998. So perhaps you should begin by telling our listeners a bit about what happened to you. Okay, well, I was um, going about my life. Um, You know, I was a busy journalist running a home and a family. And I walked into Harrods, which is a very famous store here in London. And it was just before Easter. And as I went through the turnstile that used to be in the bread hall there, it was as if the turnstile stuck fast and it wouldn't go forward and it wouldn't go back. And in those few seconds it was as if a volcanic eruption of energy had gone off inside my body I had huge pains in my chest and head I had like rivers of energy running through my body and within about four seconds I I could hear a voice in my head quite clearly that I knew had not come from me Hazel shouting at me see a doctor now And obviously, me, Hazel, thought, what on earth is going on? And I rang, the turnstile went forward. I managed to get outside. I rang the doctor. 
he said, you better come immediately. And to be honest, Peter, I thought that I'd had some kind of massive heart attack. And I thought I had minutes to live. And that really crystallizes um, what is really important to us or what should be important to us, which is love, of course. And so by the time I got to the doctors, I was very worked up. They put me straight on the floor. They attached the heart monitors to me, and they started playing my heart rate um, down the phone to a cardiologist. And then all of a sudden, I realized that I was feeling the doc- what, the di- what my doctor was thinking. I was feeling his thoughts in my head, and I, could, I knew what the cardiologist was saying to my doctor, and I knew that my heart was perfect. And so when I started to tell Brian McGreevy, my doctor, you know, I could feel his thoughts in my head. I'm, I'm really not sure who was more shocked, whether it was him or me. And so, of course, in the end, Brian said, I really don't know what's going on, Hazel, but he said, you really should go home and have a cup of tea. And in England, <laughs> a good, a good well, British solution, people, eh? that's our panacea to everything. Um, now, considering, I mean, I've made light of what was quite a, a dramatic few moments. That was when things really started to get interesting. Then I came home. I thought I'd better lay on the bed. But when I looked in the mirror, my eyes had changed color. I, I looked much younger. So considering the shock I'd just had, I thought, how is this possible? And then I went to sit on the bed and to make a phone call. But as I went to put my arm out to reach for the phone receiver, my arm went into automatic and put the phone back on the receiver. And it suddenly dawned on me I was no longer in charge. Um, And my husband then came home. The doctor had called him. And as my husband walked in, he said, what on earth is the matter? And I said, I'm going to be very special now, you can imagine a, you know, a busy working mum starts saying, I'm going to be very special. Obviously, he was very alarmed. Um, and I kept asking him to look into my eyes and he would know who I was. And it, it felt, Peter, as though every question I'd ever want to ask, um, I was receiving multiple replies in my head. And my brain started to feel as though it was cooking, as though it was on fire. And then... I started to refuse physical food, and although I'm very thin, I really like food. Um, And by the next day, um, the symptoms were getting much worse. I was, I started to levitate. I I was still refusing food. I was starting to feel very lightheaded. Um, I realized that I'd become telepathic, super psychic. And I realized that there was somebody inside me that wasn't me. Um, and then by Good Friday, I had, had to go to bed with a fever, a terrific fever. We were in the middle of a huge snowstorm in the Midlands where I used to live. Um, I managed to get from London back up to Birmingham where we used to live. There was a huge storm. And in the end, my next-door neighbor came over, she had been my spiritual teacher, and she said, Hazel, I think you've had a walk-in. And I thought, my God, this is 1998. This does not happen to a normal, average person. But it had happened to me. And then a medical doctor, who was a great friend of mine, came to live with us that weekend. And on the Easter Saturday, 
I went through a near-death experience where I knew that my physical body was dying and it was dying of shock because by that time I was able to alter TV channels with my mind. I was totally telepathic. I was able to understand what our potential futures were. I was, I was literally walking between worlds. And then ash started appearing around me. Um, objects were moving. Um, I mean, I, I can't even begin to describe the amount of fear at that time. Um, and so on the Easter Saturday, I actually left my physical body, and I was, I was like consciousness up on the ceiling looking down on this real. I was like a wreck below me, and it took me a few seconds or so it seemed to realize that what was below me was me. Um, and obviously I came back into my physical body, otherwise you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. Well, I'm really glad and you did. <laughs> it, it took me quite a few months to ground the situation. I, I mean, if I were to tell you everything that happened, we'd be here for a week. Um, but in the end, um, the journalist within me thought, I have to find rational explanations for what has been going on because the experience was so enormous and the phenomena was so um, multifaceted um, that I, I started researching scientists from around the world who, who could help me. And I went on to meet wonderful people like Gary Schwartz in America at the University of Arizona who tested some of my claims as to who I claimed to be my walk-in at that time. And Gary did make me laugh because he said, Hazel, you can, you can state that you were uh, levitating and that you were, you were making ash and you were doing all these things and able to see possible futures. But he said, you've got to be willing to put your money where your mouth is. Get on a plane. Come to Arizona. Let us test you. And then he said, I'll, I'll decide whether all this was real or not. So let's talk about who the walk-in was. Oh, Craigie, do we have to? Yes, of course. Okay, all right. Well, um, before your entire listenership starts bursting out laughing, it was Princess Diana. And I think it's really important that people should realize I did not ask for this to happen, but I had known Diana in this life. Um, I'd had lunch with her at Kensington Palace. I'd met her a few times. We had spoken about the spiritual realm. She was very, very into seeing psychics and she was incredibly spiritual and she always used to say to me, Hazel, you know, when am I going to start to hear spirit? And obviously when she died, like millions of people around the world, I was heartbroken. And then about three months after she died, I had a call um, from a friend of mine who's a very, very good medium, Dr. Richard Lawrence here in London. And he said, we have to meet. I can't speak to you on the phone. And um, we went and had a coffee, and he said, you'll never believe who wants to work with you from the spirit world. And when he told me her name, I just burst out laughing. And so I got several messages like that, um, but I ignored them all. So when I said to her, why did, you, why did the spirit world do what you did to me in Harrods? She said, because you weren't listening to the messages that we were trying to get to you. And we call it divine intervention. And so my first book, which told the story of 
what happened to me all those years ago was called, of course, divine intervention. Um, and it, it just shows, Peter, that if you don't take notice when you get messages, but, it, you know, then sometimes the spirit world can bring events into being that will force you to listen. And, my God, they, they force me to listen. So presumably also the fact that you were in Harrods itself, which Dodi Fayed's father owned. Absolutely. I mean, how many synchronicities does one need? You know, it was incredible. (laughs) It really was incredible. But I want to make it very clear, the same as, I mean, what happened was many years earlier, uh, when I'd first learned about spirit, I'd I'd always believed that I'd come to write, because I write health books, but I'd always come to believe that I was going to write a book, a fictional book, that was going to be called Imagine, and I was going to imagine I was, if you like, John Lennon in heaven, and I was going to sort of imagine what he would want to say to humanity. And, you know, I got to meet Paul McCartney, and I met George Harrison's widow, and I met a couple of the Beatles and so on. But when I said to Diana, every time that I went to start that book, something would happen that, prevented me from writing the book and when I said to Diana when I communicated with her I said why was I never allowed to write that book she said because I wasn't dead yet and so the real one had to be written Hazel we're coming up to our first break which we'll take now it's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you, to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaia TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaia TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV dot com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. 
Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thanks for joining us today. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertung.com, where uh, you will find all of the information about our recent trip to France and England in my last two newsletters. The November one will be out in the next few days, as well as our journeys, the alchemical journeys through the crystalline structures uh, and our journey through uh, Libra and a beautiful photograph that we'll, you'll see in the November issue, which demonstrates quite clearly the seed of gold growing in our cinnabar orb. And also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and our Ambassadors of Light program. And I will be giving a class this Thursday, uh, November the 1st, All Saints Day, actually my birthday. And we'll be talking about what has been taking place recently as we go into these deep, dark, scorpionic energies and all the earth changes, earth-shattering changes that are quite deliberately and intentionally taking place. So do join me on www.pedertongue.com and myheartcenteredjourney.com. Happy with me today, Hazel Courtney, who has a remarkable story about her personal connection through a near-death experience with Princess Diana. And I had a couple of questions, Hazel, that you promoted uh, in the first section there. The first one is, how, did, how on earth did you recover from that experience? So it sounded like you were, you were almost dead and you were in the near-death experience. So what happened next uh, for you to recover and be here today? Right, well, it took quite a few months, but the doctor lived with us for a few days while I went through... I, I was later to understand, Peter, that what I went through was a major spiritual emergency. And, of course, it happened at Easter, which is a traditional time of death and rebirth. And also it happened on a full moon, which I found rather interesting. I didn't find that out till several months later. But um, I think that I had quite a few spiritual friends. And eventually one of them, who was a great healer, pointed me to a book called The Stormy Search for Self by Professor Stanislav Groff. And he and his wife, Christina, had done brilliant work in the last 35 years on spiritual emergency. They coined the term, which is when a spiritual awakening becomes a physical crisis, and mine became a huge physical crisis. And so I very quickly learned, it's a good job I was a health writer. I knew that my brain was cooking um, because the brain burns glucose as its main source of food. So I knew, I mean, for instance, I stopped eating physical food because I was basically living on light, and light is informed energy, which is information, but we can come back to the science of it in a minute. But, I mean, I knew I had to start eating physical food. Um, you kind of forget, once you realize who you and all of us really are and what we are all potentially capable of, I tended to completely ignore my physical body. Um, but once I realized that I had, masters of the self are walking between worlds. And by the way, I'm not claiming to be a master of the self. My God, I was just someone who had a spiritual emergency. But anyone going through these kind of experiences, they can feel um, that they can fly. They feel that they can sort the whole world out. They feel that their reality is so real. Why isn't everyone listening to them? So I would say to anyone or relatives of anyone going through this, please, these people need to control their blood sugar. 
They need plenty of new, good nutrition and vitamins like B and, and minerals like magnesium. Magnesium is, is nature's tranquilizer. You need to understand that you are not mad per se, but if you start feeling that you want to harm yourself or others, then you may need to be taken to a place of safety, i.e. a hospital, um, until you can ground these situations out. I also knew when I needed to ground myself, and you can literally go outside and lay on the ground or hold onto a tree. Um, you have to eat grounding, earthy foods. I mean, just looking at a piece of chicken turned my stomach inside out and upside down because I was able to feel how the animal had died. So it took me several months, but because I found Stan Groth's book, because I was receiving healing, because I started eating again, um, and also, you know, I started watching movies that had absolutely nothing to do with what I was going through. Because Deepak Chopra once said to me, if you can make a space and time between what is stressing you and your reaction to it, then you can, you can ground the whole situation out. And it, for some people it takes minutes, for some people it takes months, for some people it's a lifetime's journey. And then, so, so the next question is, how, how then, having had this incredible spiritual emergency experience, how then, when you were able to return back to, like, we can't really call it normal life, but you know what I mean, how did you then manage to live in the world, having had this experience, and returning to, to be mundane, as it were, I know. part of the, oh, part God, part of the physical realm again? How, how did that work for you? Well, um... In, in the first instance, I started seeking out masters of the self, and I went to America to meet various swamis. I went to India. I went and interviewed Sai Baba in India before he died. Obviously, this is going back 10 years ago. Um, and I longed. I mean, it's like, do you remember that bit in the film when um, E.T. says, E.T., go home, E.T., yes. go home. I longed to go home to that state of oneness that I had felt for so many weeks. Um, and it was like, Peter, it was as if I'd climbed to the top of Mount Everest and I'd been able to see the bigger picture for quite some time. And then I found myself back at base camp looking up thinking, how do I get back up there again? So, you know, you, you mourn. You mourn for the loss of what was. But the point is, I now know what we are capable of. So my job isn't necessarily to return to that ultra-heightened state of being because, you know, to become a true master of the self can take lifetimes. It can take decades of learning. They have to learn how to completely manage their mental body, their physical body, their emotional body. They, they are walking between this world and other worlds. And, the, and it's, it's the most magical feeling that I can ever begin to explain to you. I and my mother, father, God, for a time became as one. And so I realized, it took me a long time to realize that all the great masters of the self, including Jesus, Buddha, Mohammed, whoever, they were people who had become fully coherent. They had attained mastery at every level. And then I went on to meet wonderful scientists like Professor Frederick 
Travis at the Center for Cognition in Iowa, who explained to me that the difference between a truly enlightened person and the rest of us is that their brains are working in a coherent fashion. That means that their whole brain is working as one coherent unit all the time. And when people meditate, for instance, um, or if they practice Qigong or Tai Chi or have acupuncture or have or do chanting, then what happens is over time the thalamus, an area in the center of the brain that's linked to sight, smell, touch, hearing, and so on, starts to ramp up. And what had happened to me in Harrods was my kundalini energy that resides in the base of my spine had blown open. And so the veils between this reality and others had blown open for me. But what I'm trying to say to people is you too can have access to all of these gifts, but it's better to do it in a far more controlled way and a far safer way. Nobody needs to go through what I went through. So long as we pay attention and listen. (laughs) Absolutely. But in other words, I could smell more, I could see more, I could hear more. And so my thalamus went from zero to 100 in like four seconds in Harrods. And that cooks your brain. So so you're talking now, because in the write-up we mentioned about the G-spot for enlightenment. And this is what you're talking about now, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's the thalamus. It's not the pineal gland. So how do we how do we awaken the thalamus then this G spot in a safe and beautiful way where we don't have to go through the experience you had? Well, first of all, you have to begin to realize that we are all part of God and all parts make the whole. We have to realize that we are divine beings in a physical shell and that you and everyone is good enough to become enlightened. And so, first of all, because your body holds a divine essence, the one thing you can start doing is looking after your body and start eating a healthier diet and start thinking more positive thoughts and start raising your vibratory rate because you're an electrical being in a physical shell. And so whatever you eat also gives off Um, its own frequency. If you're in the presence of someone, for instance, who suffers anaphylactic shock, if they eat a peanut, how does that happen if that person's in a room with a peanut and they still become sick? And they now know at hospitals like the Breakspear Hospital in England, it's the frequency that the peanut is emitting that affects the person who is receiving the frequency. And there are now frequency vaccines. I know I'm sort of diversing a bit here, but, you know, this is a massive, massive subject. So people need to start meditating because when you access the vacuum level of reality, we can talk about multiple realities in a minute, but when you access the space between your thoughts, you access what's known as the magnetic information wave level, and which, which is not limited by our linear space-time. And what happens is 
your brain starts to act in a, in a different way. You become more intelligent. You become more sensitive in every sense of the word. And then, well, Hazel, we're actually, we're actually coming to our next break, so we'll take the break now and we'll come back with this really important piece on our return. It's been okay. time for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. In these changing times, the journey toward global consciousness has never been more important. Gaia TV is the first online video library dedicated to support your journey toward global and personal discovery. Our viewers enjoy unlimited access to our vast selection of inspiring interviews, engaging films, and award-winning wellness videos. And we invite you to try it for free. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to start your free trial. The journey starts now. That's G-A-I-A-M-TV.com. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just uh, want to thank my sponsors for this series of shows, guyamtv.com. Had a wonderful interview two weeks ago with Jay Weedner representing Gaiam to explain uh, their intentions, which is to help you on your awakening journey with original interviews and great visionary speakers, very much along the same lines that uh, Hazel is talking about today in terms of the spiritual science uh, coherence coming together is the, is the right word. It's the world's first online video library devoted to supporting your awakening journey. And there is a free day it's free 10-day trial. You just need to click on the banner on the host page and you can have a free trial with Guyam TV and see if it resonates with you on your awakening journey. And talking about awakening journeys, we have with us today Hazel Courtney who has a fascinating personal story to tell, but not only that, but also the research that she has done in following up to try and make sense of what uh, happened to her. And Hazel, just before the break, you were talking a little bit about the thalamus and the G-spot for enlightenment and the importance of meditation. So just take us back to that. Okay, well, I think that people need to understand that mind and intention 
form patterns which form matter. And I was talking before the break about the fact that you are a being that emits a range of frequencies that are as unique to you as your DNA. Really important that people should get this because, for instance, Peter, you know and everyone listening knows that if you're in a room with someone that's very angry and very stressed, you can feel that and it affects you. And sometimes you meet someone and you really don't like them, or conversely, you really do like them. And that's because, and you don't know why, you don't even know them. And that's because your frequencies are compatible. And so if people want to become more coherent at every level of being, then they have to be very careful with their thoughts and know that their minds and their minds and their thoughts create frequencies that other people can sense. And what you give out is what you get back. We're like magnets. We're like mini magnets. And so if you want, if you want the right situations to come into your life, I mean, we all know what's happening right now in New York, for instance, with Hurricane Sandy. I got stuck in New York over 9-11 because my ego got in the way and I wasn't listening to all the messages that were coming to me. So I was giving out a frequency of, I want to get to New York, I want to get on the Oprah show, which of course I never did because 9-11 got in the way. I even twisted my ankle and was on crutches. The plane almost went without me. So in other words, I wasn't listening to the messages and I wasn't on the right wavelength. So when people get on a calmer wavelength, um, and when they start coupling with these other levels of reality, what's known as the magnetic information wave level, then you're more likely to be in the right place at the right time. And you will have more right situations come into your life. You will meet more people that will serve your purpose, not um, cause you hassle. So I would say to people, if you want to become more psychic, First of all, obviously, you have to learn to be far more discerning. You have to learn to trust your intuition, and that takes time because I'm sure you'll agree with me that there are many times, well, actually, you're far more advanced on this path than I am, but um, the point is there are times when I've ignored my intuition and I've paid for it, you know, so now I listen to it. And so people need to know that the frequencies that they're emitting what you give out is what you get back. And so I want you to come you... back and talk, just talk a little bit more about this coupling device um, because, as you know, I work a lot with uh, creating sacred space, both in meditation and in our workshops uh, with, with our trained shaman in ceremony. And so um, this notion of creating this coupling device between our physical reality and the invisible realms is a, is a key part of this. So just explain that a bit uh, in a okay, bit Okay, well, detail. that came from physicist Bill Tiller. I went to see Bill, who is an amazing man. He's a professor of 
He worked on consciousness for 40 years at Stanford, and he's a physicist, one of the world's best, Bill Tiller. Um, anyone can look him up on their website or whatever. But what Bill has discovered is that there are two distinct levels of reality, and this is where a bit more of the science comes in. First of all, we have this dense electric atom molecule physical world. That's the world we can see around us. But what Bill's discovered is a normally invisible to us um, uh, level, and it's called the magnetic information wave level, and most spiritual people would know this as the etheric level. Now, this level travels faster than the speed of light and is outside of space-time, but it can be influenced by consciousness. Now, for the, me for the most part, Bill has found that these two levels remain uncoupled, but through sustained focused, heartfelt intention, we can couple with this magnetic information wave level and trigger events solely by human intention. We are creators. And that comes back to the fact that when I sat with Sai Baba, and yes, I know that there are many fake enlightened beings, and when I, he manifested ash for the women and diamond rings for the men, I was sitting less than three feet from him and he had bare arms. Now I know that th these things are possible. And I learned that what m these men and women are doing is organizing energy so that physical events and objects can manifest into this reality. And so even the ancient Egyptians knew that the coupling of the electric and the magnetic levels of reality were one of the main subjects in the Egyptian mystery schools. And so when you, as you grow in coherence, you, you really start to understand that consciousness is primary. It goes from information to energy to matter. And the way Professor Gary Schwartz explained this to me, he said, first we see the lightning, and then a few seconds later, we hear the thunder, and then we feel the vibration. So people need to understand that their thoughts, nothing can come into being until it's first a thought. And they also need to understand that their acupuncture meridian energy system and their chakra systems work at this coupled level of reality all the time. So the more you can work on opening your chakras, the more you can work on um, becoming more coherent in your thinking by meditating, by chanting. Sound is very, very important for um, encouraging the brain to, to uh, work in a more coherent way. The more you can look after yourself, the more you can be kind to people, the more you can act positively, then all of these things will help you to couple with these other levels of reality. And so when Bill talks about creating um, a sacred space, he calls this a coherent space. You clear the clutter. So this is why masters of self go off for 40 days or however long it is to meditate. They're well away from mobile phones. They don't need physical food. We do. But the more people can find space to be quiet, um, then the more they will start to 
linked to these other levels of reality. And that's when miracles become possible. Because what Bill's found is here is a channel that shows how prayer works, how telepathy works, how certain people can see the future and the past. Because mind, mind can be anywhere. It's only the physical body that's lumbered with um, linear time. When I, if you like, I put this in inverted commas, died on that Saturday afternoon, and I was on the bedroom ceiling looking down at myself, I was free, but I was still me. Consciousness goes on, but I was no longer constrained by my body, nor was I constrained by linear time. So masters of the self can see the future, the past, or potential futures. I always say it's a potential future because every single one of us has the potential to change our futures if we change our actions and our thoughts. Hazel, I'm chuckling away a bit here because all the time has become a little bit of a joke signature expression for us, and, and I think it actually is a signature reminder that when we use the expression all the time, and I've noticed a lot of people are using that expression, that it is a little reminder for us that we actually are connected to source all the time if, if we can just let everything else uh, fall away. Absolutely. It's absolutely crucial. And it's also, um, I'm just madly looking here. I, I wrote down something that was very, very interesting that... Um, Jude Caravan, who's a, a physicist here in England, she was telling me that the whole world is becoming now like a Faraday cage. You know that the magnetic uh, poles are sort of starting to move. Yes. Um, and they're, they're moving uh, 40 kilometers a year. And when you put a medium um, inside what's known as a Faraday cage, where no electromagnetic in interference can uh, come in or go out of the cage, then these uh, mediums can hear far more clearly the spirit world. But apparently, as the magnetic um, poles are starting to shift, the whole planet is becoming like a Faraday cage. And apparently, we have about a 25-year window to change some of our potential futures because some of them are terrible. Um, but some of them could be, we could make Earth heaven on Earth. Um, it's the magnetic fields that are reducing in intensity. So the whole planet is becoming like a Faraday cage. So the more we can avoid man-made electrical pollution, the easier it's going to be for us to couple with these other levels of reality. We actually have a wonderful opportunity to turn this around uh, with this information and knowledge if we can make this uh, coupling become really connected and solid. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's absolutely crucial. And, so, Hazel, um, we're coming up to our also... last break, which we'll take now, and we'll return with Hazel Courtney. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaiam TV is there to support your journey 
in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaim TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaimtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M-T-V.com. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I have with me today Hazel Courtney, and Hazel has written three books, the first book, Divine Intervention, was actually the story that she started the show with today about her remarkable experience with uh, Princess Diana and her own spiritual uh, awakening, which was very rapid and uh, almost took her to, to her death. Thank goodness it didn't. She's still here with us today. <laughs> and secondly, her book, uh, Evidence for the Sixth Sense, was the second book. And I'm just going to give you, Hazel, the opportunity to tell us how people can connect with your work uh, through the books and with you personally. But then we'll talk afterwards about the current book, which is called Countdown to Coherence, which we'll come back to in a moment. So just give uh, our listeners uh, the information to get your books and to make uh, contact with your work. Okay, well, my books are available anywhere through good bookshops or through Amazon. And uh, my website, which is very kind of you to let me mention this young man, um, is www.hazelcourtney, <laughs> and the Courtney is spelled C-O-U-R-T-E-N-E-Y.com. That's www.hazelcourtney.com. Fantastic. And so, uh, obviously, what led you to, re- to write the third book, Countdown to Coherence, was, was, was getting some understanding of the experiences you'd had by meeting these incredibly um, top-line spiritual experts in the world today. And actually, um, Bill Tiller is currently working on a project with Susie Miller, who works with autistic children. And I know that they're going to be doing some work uh, setting this intentional sacred space for these children i'm hoping to get them on the show together actually early in the new year to talk about that um but just to come back to the book and why why you titled the book uh, countdown to coherence well that's very interesting um it what happened was i went to arizona to interview bill because we'd met when i um wrote the evidence of the sixth sense 
Um, Bill has started to explain to me the power of the mind, but I really, really wanted to just get some real ultimate answers. Um, and what happened was I was sitting having breakfast with Bill in the sunshine. I said, Bill, what is God to you? Um, and he said, well, first of all, we're not even conscious enough to know what God is. But I said, couldn't you draw God for me? And he drew a straight line. And I said, um, what is that, Bill? And he said, that's God. That's total coherence. And he said, in the beginning, everything, all things, all levels of energy were one. In the beginning, everything was totally coherent, which is what God is. But he said, over eons of time, that this pure coherence has to decohere and recohere. And so then he drew this line down from the, like the horizontal line straight across the page. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, over eons of time, this oneness decoheres in circles, in cycles. And the further away you are from coherence, you'll become more and more and more decohering. And he said, humanity has decohered about as low as we can get. So I said, well, where are we going then, Bill? And he said, well, actually, we're now starting a new cycle, and we're going to be heading back home. We're going to be heading back towards coherence. And so that gave me the title of Counting Down to Coherence. But it's fascinating that Bill said to me that as this pure coherence that we can't even begin to understand started to decohere, he said first societies would have been formed at the level of mind. And he said these were highly coherent societies such as Mu. And he said as the decohering cycle continued, other societies at the level of the emotion domain were formed such as Lemuria. And he said, as the decohering went on and on and on, then societies such as um, Atlantis would have been formed, and these kind of highly evolved beings would have literally intended that for consciousness to more fully explore itself, they could have literally intended the Big Bang and created this reality. And for anyone out there listening that thinks this is absolutely mad, it's really important that you should keep in mind that when our universe was birthed, when linear space and time was born, A, it was a very small explosion in one sense because it was less than the size of an atom and you can get a million atoms behind a human hair. And theoretical physicist Professor Michukaku says to create a universe like ours make may require a ridiculously small net amount of matter, perhaps as little as an ounce. And so, Peter, I'm keen to get over to people that we are matter. What we think of as solid matter is actually 99.999% empty space. And if we were to take all of the empty space out of this world and out of every one of us, then we would actually shrink down to the size of an apple. And so people say, how can we have all evolved from one source? So try and imagine that our universe and linear space-time was birthed in the Big Bang. It was less than the size of an atom. So you could have actually, for a, a fraction of a second, held this universe in your hand.
And I guess you can do that now. I'm, I'm sure there are beings out there that could. But in other words, when I spoke to people like Alberto Velodo, he said that there are wonderful cave paintings and um, ancient stories that talk about a time when we were pre-physical beings. We were light beings. And a lot of people, I mean, I began to dematerialize because all I wanted to do was merge with and become at one with the light. And so a lot of people now believe, and I'm one of them, that as we re-cohere back towards oneness, we will become lighter and lighter and lighter till there will come a point when highly evolved beings will no longer be seen in this very dense um, physical world. And it's also really important for people to realize that even what we think, we, can, we think that we can see a lot of this physical world. We can see less than 1% of it. Imagine that this whole universe, which is millions and millions of light years across, imagine that it's only, say, 2,500 miles across. We can only see an inch of it. But it doesn't mean to say that just because we can't see something or hear it, it's not there. Human beings are trans receivers and transmitters of energy and information. And when you leave your physical body, all the information that makes you you uploads into your eight chakra above your head, and then you become an orb. And that's what I became that day on my, bath, on my bedroom ceiling when I was looking down at myself. So now you can exist outside of space-time, and you can reincarnate into any period in time. We are, energy, we are recycled energy and information. Everything that ever was or will be was birthed in that moment 13.7 billion years ago. I mean, a lot of the things that I've come to know have absolutely blown me away. <laughs> and also, I, I'm just one other real quick thing, because I know we're running out of time. We are all fundamentally made of atoms, which obviously were first birthed when, as the gases started to cool after the Big Bang, and atoms were formed of hydrogen and so on and so forth. So atoms are recycled energy and information, and every atom inside your body carries all the information since the beginning of time. All that you need to know is inside you. So when people go inside a pyramid or they touch the stone of the pyramids or Stonehenge or whatever it is, they're exchanging energy and information within the atoms of those buildings, within a person. People who are sensitive can hold the watch of another person and tell them all kinds of things about themselves. They're exchanging energy and information that is contained within those atoms. You now could have atoms within your body that were once in Mohammed or Jesus or whoever because we are recycled energy and information and we go on. We go on for eternity. So, Hazel, that's a wonderful place for us to finish because it is the end of the show and you've done a beautiful little conclusion and I really appreciate that and I appreciate your time today. You've done a wonderful job of explaining what are quite challenging concepts and I really appreciate what you've done for us today. So thank you so much. All right, thank you. So my guest next week, I'll just take a bit of a deep breath here. <laughs> my guest next week is Beth Cosmos. 
and she has written a book called Amadeus, Love God. And our show next week is really going to be talking about love and the essence of love and what it really is. So I'm looking forward to connecting with uh, Beth next week. Enjoy Samhain and Halloween, and uh, I'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.